Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Lou. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode. If you're new here, so glad you're here. And if you've been with me, thank you for your support. Today on the show, we're talking all about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is now a gold mine of opportunity, but success largely depends on that first impression, which is your profile. My guest today, Anita Kirkbride, is a social media strategist and trainer who undercomplicates social media marketing for small businesses and entrepreneurs. She is the host of the Be Flossom, the Good Enough podcast. And we're here today to talk about the basics of optimizing your LinkedIn profile so that you're getting started on the right foot. Now, I would say this episode is for someone who is looking to start up on LinkedIn or is in their early stages of optimizing this platform. And if you already have a social presence on LinkedIn and is looking for more advanced strategies, be sure to tune in two weeks from today for another episode on advanced LinkedIn strategies. Now, Anita will also talk about how she embraces the philosophy of being flossom and how she encourages her clients to be imperfectly perfect. Very inspiring. So stick around and let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Anita. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. So we're talking just about one of the platforms that you teach LinkedIn. What is the most important thing you have learned about LinkedIn? I think the most important thing that people so often get wrong is that it's not just your online resume. It's not a one and done platform. It is a social network and you need to be there having conversations with people and building relationships for it to really work for your business. A lot of people just don't do that. So usually people just use it as a resume and leave it there, right? Yeah, absolutely. All the time. So what have your clients seen from working more actively on their LinkedIn profile? Well, I know uh, one client in particular, she's booking, uh, she's a solopreneur. She's booking two to three face-to-face or, you know, Zoom to Zoom meetings every week when she is diligently working on her LinkedIn plan, which includes reaching out to people that she's never talked to before, finding people that fit her ideal client avatar reaching out to them to see if they're interested in talking and following up with that. So she's, you know, she's getting two to three face-to-face meetings every week that she's diligent about this. And that's pretty good because those are actually turning into clients. So I would say the best place to start is to optimize your LinkedIn profile, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's no point in bringing people to a profile that's out of date or doesn't look like you or doesn't sound like who you are now. So optimizing is definitely the first step. And there's a few really simple things you can do to make sure that your profile is optimized. And I like to rant about all of these things, depending on the day when I find somebody new who doesn't know these things. The first is your profile photo, it really needs to be up to date. Nobody wants to go to a meeting with you after checking out your LinkedIn profile and find out that you're actually 
10, 15, 20 years older than your picture looks. It feels really inauthentic and it happens all the time. So if you've done anything to your appearance, if you've gained weight, lost weight, grown a beard, shaved a beard, dyed your hair, cut your hair, grown your hair, any of that, got glasses, it's time for a new profile photo on LinkedIn because people do go there to see who they're meeting at the coffee shop or um, who they're checking out your profile to see who they're meeting on Zoom and what your specialties are. So the first thing is your definitely your headshot should be up to date. The second thing is your contact information. And that sounds so incredibly basic. Like you mean to tell me you're telling me I got to have my contact information like that's optimizing and, and it is because I cannot count the number of times I've done LinkedIn audits for people and I go in and their website is, you know, two companies old, their email address is one that they cannot even access. If you've got an email address on your profile that you don't even know how to access, how much business are you losing because people are emailing that address? Right. So there's two really basic things that you could go and update right now in five minutes and be done. But the bigger things to optimize your profile would be making sure that obviously that all the the work experience is up to date with your current position or your current business and making sure that you have searchable keywords in certain really important places. So the headline that goes after your name is one place where you really want to have an important keyword in your summary or your about section that should be full of really good keywords and in your experience section in your current position or your current business. And when we talk about keywords, it's not necessarily what you think is your keyword, but what your audience would type in if they were looking for you. And the best example I have of that is when I started this business 10 years ago, I wanted to call myself a community manager because that's what I felt I was doing. I was managing online communities. But one day somebody said to me, oh, are you working for the city recreation programs? You're a community manager. And I thought, okay, so people in my audience do not understand what community manager is. I have to call myself a social media consultant if I want them to find me. So I guess those are my, what was that, three or four biggest tips for optimizing your profile? Those four things. And the hardest one of that is to rewrite your about section in a way that is forward facing, in a way that it's about what the, what kind of business you want now, what kind of clients you're looking for now. Your about section shouldn't be about your past history. Mm, that's a really good tip. And you mentioned after you have these basic fundamental foundations set, it's important to social, right? It's, uh, it's another platform to social and make real connections. So how should entrepreneurs go about actually doing social on LinkedIn? Well, it's really not very different from any other social network, you want to have conversations with other people that have similar interests, whether that is you commenting on the local chamber of commerce posts and having conversations in the comments with other entrepreneurs and business owners, or whether it's you posting something that gets the conversation going on your page, both are very important. But if all you ever do is post and run, 
and you're not there to answer questions that people post back to you, or you're not there just participating in conversation, congratulating people on awards or on big business announcements, talking to them about what's going on in your city or in your industry, then you're kind of invisible. And when you reach out to talk to somebody and they've really never heard of you before, well, that's a cold pitch. And and what we want to do is build relationships in a way that we're not cold pitching people, we're warm pitching them. We, we've already found out that they are somebody who might fit into our ideal client avatar. And therefore, we think we're a good fit rather than the last thing you want to do is just start <laughs> copy and pasting and spamming a whole bunch of people with a generic pitch without even checking to see if they're a good fit for you. We want to build that relationship first and then try and take it to a sales conversation. So what's one thing you wish you had known when you began, you know, 10 years back? Oh, something I wished I knew about LinkedIn specifically? Yes, please. When I, I think what I wish I understood 10 years ago was how to do the about section. And that has, has changed for sure over the years. But when I started my LinkedIn profile, back when LinkedIn was very new in my in Canada, it had just come out in Canada, it, I, I wrote it like it was a history, it was a summary of my experience. And what happened was I kept getting job offers, I kept getting recruiters contacting me for jobs in fundraising and event management. And I had moved on from that career. So I finally realized that this about section was very important in terms of LinkedIn search. And I I had to rewrite it so that LinkedIn was finding me for social media work, social media consulting, social media strategies, that kind of work. I think I wasted a lot of time on LinkedIn because I did that incorrectly in the beginning. And I also was one of those people that treated it like an online resume for a long time. I didn't go in and participate in groups. I wasn't having conversations. It was just there. And and I thought that was good enough. You mentioned groups. How are LinkedIn groups different from Facebook groups? I'm not sure that they really are all that different, except they are very industry focused for the most part. I'm not in any particular groups that are very good. Unfortunately, they they tend to get filled with a lot of spam. But I know there are some really active groups on LinkedIn for specific industries, people that are recruiters, people that are in um, highly specialized areas, Alumni associations and universities have groups where you can network and find out what's going on in in the community and so on. I think the biggest difference is that they're very industry focused, business focused versus Facebook groups are much more personal in nature. It's more about parenting and gardening and what's going on in your city and and that kind of thing. Whereas LinkedIn, it's it's all business all the time. So it's much more about networking and finding people who are like minded and learning from them, getting educated on things that are happening in your industry, finding people to collaborate with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And do you recommend your clients to do cold outreach through messaging on LinkedIn? Because it seems everyone's doing that these days. I recommend that they, I would prefer they do warm outreach. So I would prefer that they're at least having conversations with people somewhere before they start pitching them. 
having a conversation in a group on a page on an article that they've both read something like that. The client that I mentioned who does very well with her LinkedIn strategy, she is participating in a group that's working really well for her. And she finds people in there who are interested in the same kinds of things that she's interested in. And then she starts the conversation with them. She's not just spamming people with a copy and paste message that has nothing to do with their business. And she, she knows that this person is interested. And when she sends them a message, they're going to recognize her name because they've already been talking. So to me, that's a warm pitch, not a cold pitch. And the cold pitch only works in volumes. You have to put out so many cold pitches to get one person who's interested. I really feel like if you spent the time that you're putting into cold pitching, if you spent that time researching a few really good prospects, you probably have a much higher close rate. Mm-hmm. I know you preach all about ethical, uh, authentic, and genuine connections, right? And that's why you I do. Have, I have this methodology of flossum. Yes. Can you tell us more about that? So the philosophy of flossum is that you don't have to be perfect. In fact, you're not perfect and you will never be perfect all of the time. If ever, none of us are. And everything that we see on social media is so curated and so polished that we have to remember that there are real people there. And I encourage my clients to not wait for things to be perfect, because I think that's procrastination in disguise. If you're waiting until you have the perfect camera, the perfect microphone, the perfect body, the perfect makeup, hair, studio, office, product, whatever, you're never going to get off the ground. You're never going to content if you're always waiting for for something to be perfect. And that keeps us in a state of perpetual stress because it's never perfect. We're always striving for something that is really just almost impossible to reach. So I encourage people to embrace that, embrace the fact that we all have flaws and just get out there and do it anyway. And we call that flossum because you have flaws, but you're awesome anyway. So you're flossum. And I encourage people to get out there and and go live. I had a client just this morning tell me she did a live video in her bathrobe. Don't necessarily condone going live in your bathrobe. But if that works for you, that works for you. It's more important to get the content out than it is to make sure your hair and makeup is done. (laughs) I love that. And would you recommend if you had a typo on your social media post, would you fix that? (laughs) I would if I would if I could. And I have just last week, I had a typo in a post on Twitter, which does not have an edit button. Um, And I already had some engagement on the post, but I really felt this was a post I wanted to stick around and could get a lot of engagement. So I actually deleted the post and redid it and fixed the typo. If I see a typo on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, I will edit that because it's as simple as clicking the three dots and editing and fixing your typo. I do think it's important to do that when you see it, but I also don't get super over embarrassed about the fact that there's a typo because everybody makes typos. So somebody writes to me and says, hey, there's a typo in your post. I thank them and I go fix it. 
Yeah. We're all human, but we're flossom. Exactly. Everybody makes mistakes. And yeah, typos, typos are very annoying to me, but I love it when somebody tells me. And I recently got Grammarly installed on my Chrome browser. And I cannot tell you how many old blog posts I've been editing. And it's picking up things that I know better. I know the difference between there, there and there. It's picking up things where I've got that wrong. And these posts are two or three years old. And nobody told me that I had it wrong. Yeah, I do fix typos. Absolutely. I'm totally with you, though. Grammarly does wonders. It's amazing. I cannot believe what it has picked up since I started it just a few months ago. Okay. So for our audience who wants to grow their LinkedIn strategy, please give us one last tip or action so that they can get started right away. If people want to get started and improve their LinkedIn right away, I'm going to give you two things. One is I really, really, really want everybody to go double check that they have access to the email that they use to log into LinkedIn and every other social media platform. Because I do, if you're making changes to your LinkedIn, you're going to be asked for the password. If you don't remember the password, you've got to have access to that email. So it's really important that you have access to the email that you use to log into these platforms. And the second thing would be just go through and look at the keywords that you have in your headline and your about section and in your current experience or your current, your current position or current business experience. And think about those keywords from the perspective of somebody who would be searching and you want to be the number one result for that. What are they typing into Google or what are they typing into LinkedIn? That's what you need to have there, not your industry jargon necessarily, but what your ideal client would type in there. So if you can go and fix those two things, for some people, that's going to take 10 minutes for other people people, it might take a little bit more work in terms of rewriting your about section. But those two things alone will help you to get more business out of LinkedIn, because it'll help you to be found easier. Thank you for your information. And as an entrepreneur, we all have those loaded. For you, what do you do to reset yourself? I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but I do an awful lot of Netflix binging when I'm not working, like a lot. And I double screen all the time. So I'll be watching Netflix and playing really stupid telephone games on my phone. And that's how I turn my brain off because my brain is working so hard all week. On the weekend, I just really need to shut it off. So binging Netflix and uh, playing computer games <laughs> just allows me to just stop thinking about it. And, and, you know, if there's time, taking a vacation is always a great reset, but we haven't been able to do that for a while. But just finding something that can just make me stop thinking about work. There's nothing, absolutely nothing embarrassing about that. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I, I actually encourage my my clients to schedule in those binging times, right? I actually encourage my clients to, to schedule in on their calendar fun time, like binging their favorite shows and it's necessary. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Do you have a favorite quote that you go by? One of the ones that I'm, I'm living by right now and that I encourage my clients, and it goes along with this idea of being flossom, do the things you fear and fear loses control over you. So a lot of times people are holding back from 
doing social media, being out there, putting themselves out there because they fear something. And I encourage people to feel that fear and then push it aside and do it anyway. Because if you don't, fear is controlling you and allowing fear to control you doesn't build a business. Thank you. And where can our listeners check out your work? The best place to check me out is at twerp.ca and it's twirp.ca. And from there, you can access all of my social profiles, my LinkedIn or, or whichever one you prefer to connect on. I'm usually on all of them. And I spend the most time on Twitter. And you can find me there at Anita Kirkbride. Thank you, Anita. You're welcome. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Liu Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal-setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 